today. Welcome to Center Church. It's a very different day. Uh, I want to make the most of being able to wear swim trunks in front of the church. This is great. So, uh, but it's great to see you all here this morning. My name's Kevin. If I haven't met you before, really exciting day for us uh, as we get to participate in three baptisms this morning. And so if you're visiting with us, uh, some of you are very likely visiting for that very reason. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes and uh, just give some preface comments, and then we have the privilege to be able to hear testimonies from the three individuals who are going to be getting baptized. So we, we talk a lot about the gospel here at Center Church, week in, week out. We want to orient our lives around the gospel. We want to continually call each other to believe the gospel. We want to embody the gospel to one another so that we are reminded of who Jesus is and what he's done. So when I say gospel, what I'm talking about is the good news of Jesus, the fact that Jesus died on a cross and then rose from the dead. And the call in the Bible that we get regarding the gospel is to believe it. Not to recreate it in any way, but to believe it. To let these realities, Jesus' death and his resurrection, shape every part of who we are. Not just on a Sunday morning, not just at various times, but every part of our lives, every part of our hearts, that the gospel would shape us. And when we believe the gospel, it will radically change us. It will. And where we don't see radical change in our lives, uh, for those of us who are trusting Jesus, then it's a good press for us to ask, what am I trusting in? Why am I struggling with this sin? Because I'm, I'm running to this thing, or I'm trusting in a lesser thing than Jesus. So the gospel does create radical change when it is believed. Now one way that we see change occur in people is that people begin to live not for themselves, but for Jesus. They find their identity in him, not in wealth or position, not in what others think of us, but in Jesus. So Jesus determines our values. He determines our value as well. He shapes our priorities day in and day out. He shapes how we view our time, our money. It's all his. It's not ours. Our life in total is his. And so we're trusting him. And so today, we get to celebrate with three individuals who are publicly identifying with Jesus' death and resurrection. As we were just singing, we are one with him. Christ has risen from the grave, and we are one with him. So what I want to do, just briefly here, is talk about what baptism is and what it means for us. First of all, what it's not. So what's happening here this morning is not a saving act, okay? The fact that these people are being baptized is not saving them in any way. We can go to the Bible and we could point various places, but there's no biblical proof that, that what's happening is salvation. We even think of the thief on the cross. Jesus says, you will be with me in paradise today, and this is an individual who was never baptized. And so we can conclude that this is not a saving act. We've talked here a number of months ago. Uh, I did a sermon on baptism, and in that I, I talked about how infant baptism doesn't save the infant that's being baptized. And, and just to kind of close the loop on that, adult baptism, baptism doesn't save the adult either. It, nor does it aff uh, afford individuals kind of 
benefits or superiority. Like if you're playing a video game uh, and you level up, uh, it's not as though someone who's baptized now levels up and can look down on, on other people who are not baptized. That's not what's happening. What's happening here this morning is that baptism is dramatizing the gospel. It's giving us a physical picture of one who has been buried with Christ in death and raised with him into new life through faith, through faith in Jesus. Colossians 2, 11 and 12 says, In Jesus, having been buried with him in baptism, in which, so in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So this is an exercise of faith, and it's dramatizing the gospel. So Jesus' death purchases forgiveness for our sins. Jesus' resurrection displays his powerful dominion over everything. So What's happening is we're going to be baptizing this people is not some empty ritual or, or a religious ritual in any way. This is a drama showing off what Jesus has already done in these individuals' hearts. He has saved them. He has forgiven them their sin, and he has displayed his greatness in and over all things. And, and so a New Testament example we get is that after people believe the gospel, they repent, is a biblical word, or they turn from their sins and towards Jesus, a natural response then is to be baptized. In Matthew 28, Jesus is sending out his disciples to go and preach the gospel. It's the, the passage is oftentimes known as the Great Commission. So he is sending these people out, and one of his core instructions is that as people believe in, be, in Jesus, that they should then be baptized. So he's telling his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So as they believe, then that they would be baptized in Jesus' name. So what's going on this morning is a drama showing off that God has saved. So these people are going into the water, and, and it, part of the picture that we're seeing is they're being, it's demonstrating the washing of their sins that Jesus has already done in them. They're, they're in an external way showing off an internal reality that has already occurred in their lives. So baptism is intended to be a powerful demonstration of the gospel. It's intended to be also a marker for the believer that they can look back at this day and say, yes, this is, this is a powerful marker of my faith journey. It's also intended to be an encouragement for the church, the fact that God is still working, he's still saving, he's still changing people. And so in the midst of our faithlessness, God is still faithful. So this is for the individuals being baptized. It's for the church. It's also for non-Christians. We want to be a church where non-Christians are hanging around and being pointed to Jesus. And one of the best ways to do this for each of us is to share our story, to describe how God has been gracious to us. So an ability to helpfully tell our story and how the gospel continually shapes our lives and humbles us and refines us and encourages us is exceedingly important. 
Now, prior to trusting Jesus, our story is simply that. It's just a story about us, a story that will come and go and will really have no lasting impact. We'll, we'll have no remembrance of the story. But once our story is placed in subjection to God's greater story, then our story is instantly enhanced and takes on infinite meaning. This is what we're learning in our Ecclesiastes sermon series. Without God, everything is vain. With God, everything has meaning. And this is essentially what Jesus is teaching in Matthew 10, 39. He's basically saying in this verse, if we are willing to lose our storylines for God's sake, we will actually find our storylines. So our culture has this draw to superheroes, right? Whether it's in the movies or comics, on a lunchbox or t-shirts, like it's everywhere, this draw for superheroes. Oftentimes, when we live our lives, we kind of will take on this mindset. Because we swim in this, we oftentimes will try and become a hero, a superhero in some respects as we live our lives, especially as we might live the Christian life. So oftentimes we'll try to grow our own personal story by becoming the best version of ourselves. Now, if we're honest about this, there is a ton of pressure and responsibility to be a hero. If that's who we're going to try and be, it will both exhaust us and it will eventually embitter us as well because the reality is we cannot keep up. We were not made to be a hero. The reality is our lives are intended to be lived in such a way that Jesus is the hero, not a spouse, not a friend, not a parent, not a title, not a circumstance that we have. Jesus and Jesus alone is intended to be the hero. And so a life well lived, a life that has meaning, is a life that points to Jesus, that gives glimpses of the gospel. So we're about to hear the stories of three individuals who will be baptized just after this. And we get to hear how Jesus has been the hero of their story. So I encourage you, last week in our sermon on Ecclesiastes, there was this call to listen. And so I want to encourage you to listen and to listen well, to hear how these people have received grace and continue to need grace in the midst of their Christian walk, to listen to how Jesus has been heroic to them, to let God both challenge you and encourage you in your own faith journey. So lastly, I just want to say this. This is intended to be a celebration, okay? This is not as though, like, just a formal religious exercise. This is not crusty tradition in any way. This is intended to be a celebration. So uh, if you're Scandinavian and that just feels, like, so awkward to you, like, well, wherever you've got it in you, just we want to call that out of you. But, but just to make clear, like, amens and affirmation and clapping like this is good stuff. We want to celebrate the work that Jesus has done. In these stories here, as we're doing the baptism, this is intended to be a celebration 
of what Jesus has done. Okay, so uh, first off, we're going to have Elizabeth Kuhn come up, and she is going to share her story with us.